Pulp-MX Network production. Pulp-MX fans, we're 550-plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp-MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mackles Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX when you're checking out. You can save yourself some big money on there. They got OEM parts. They got some of the best and greatest lines in the sport. They carry it. Whatever you need for your bike or body, BTOsports.com has it. And, of course, the BTOsports.com KTM team of Shorty, Brayton, and Davey Millsaps coming this year to a stadium near you. And Fox Racing, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Fox Racing Star Wars uh, Special Edition uh, helmet out now, limited edition, and uh, check that out. Uh, Flex Air 2016 Flex Air gear out. Dungey Rocks and just some of the guys that wear it. Fox Racing, foxhead.com, go to your local authorized Fox dealer. If your dealer doesn't carry Fox, probably should go to another dealer. All right, and with that, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, a guy who competes directly against Fox and everything they stand for. He is the answer racing brand manager, former privateer, friend of the NYK, the Randy Valade. What's up, Valade? Uh, what's happening, Mathis? I can't believe we finally got this done. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we've been going back and forth a little bit, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be on the show and uh, talk to you a little bit. So, Fox has the Star Wars helmet. When is the answer coming out with a special collaboration with Star Trek or something <laughs> like that? Is that so? I don't see that happening in the near future. <laughs> All right. You yeah. already are in a better mood than JT, who whenever I read that promo, you can just hear his teeth grinding. So, <laughs> Well, you couldn't see me through the phone, so... <laughs> But uh, um, now those guys do cool stuff. Nothing against that at all, man. They're yeah. uh, they're definitely innovators and doing some cool stuff. So yeah, that's off to them. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, this is a, a busy time for a guy like you, the brand manager for Answer Racing. Like I said, and also to you know this time of year from when you raced forever and uh, getting that together and everything else. But you got Dean Wilson, you got uh, Justin Bogle, you got Will Hahn. Can we name the other guy? I think we can, uh, right? Yeah, I mean we could drop it right now if you want. Brock Tickle. Rock, Rock Tickle, Tickle, the newest answer racing rider. So with those four guys, you're set for, you know, four guys in the top ten. Many nights, I bet. I think that could happen for sure, you know. I think if uh, everything goes goes to plan, those guys could definitely be up there. Um, happy to get a couple of new guys on, mm-hmm. the, on the team this year. Um, you know, we lost a few riders last year in the 250 class. So uh, went ahead and got uh, a couple of the 450 guys. So uh, kind of got what you can almost say the factory four. Yeah, really, right? It's, yeah, it should be yeah. good. Yeah, between those four guys, that's a solid group. There's no doubt. And, I mean, you look at three of them are basically on, well, all four of them on factory bikes. Yep. And, uh, um, you know, guys that are all hungry and kind of working towards that next contract, right? Like, they're they're all guys on the up and up. They're they're charging hard trying to be a factor in a 450 class. Definitely. You know, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, all of their deals are up at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. So, uh they're definitely going to be looking to get some some good finishes and uh, hopefully secure a ride for 17. Hey, when it comes to getting a guy like, okay, so Wilson's in his second year with you guys, but yep. Tickle and Bogo in their first, Hans in, their, in his second year. When yep. it comes to these guys, look, you've raced at the highest level. You know these guys. You've been around the races forever. Is this all your call, or how does that work? Like, do, do you get a budget, and they just say, hey, Randy, you can sign one guy for this entire budget. You can sign 18 guys for this budget. It's up to you. Like, how much say do you have in this process of who wears answer? Definitely. You know, I get a I get a marketing and rider salary budget each year. Um, then I go about and see what, what riders I think best. You know, not only are they going to be good on the track, but definitely off the track, too. Right. Guys that have a good fan base. Um, you know, Dean has a huge following. Some of the other guys have a big following also. And then, yeah, I just uh, figure out, go to battle against all of the agents who come in usually at a <laughs> astronomical number. And then uh, we just figure something out. And uh, at the end of the day, just what's going to be best for the answer brand. So it's, uh, but, it's, it's actually kind of fun. I have been 
on the other side of it. So uh, mm-hmm. I know what a lot of these guys are worth and uh, or what I think they're worth. And uh, some, of the, some of the prices are a bit steep, but we at the end of the day, we get it to where I think it needs to be. I haven't competed at the level they quite have. I mean, yes, I was wow. racing in there. I wasn't, I wasn't competing for wins, I would say. Well, unless we're at Baja. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we can go back to Baja. I was fast there. <laughs> if we're at, uh, what's that place called? Uh, um, Log Road? We're at Log yeah, Road, Log maybe. Good. Yeah. yeah, that place is fun. Yeah. yeah. But think- to, to answer the question, answer, get it? To answer the question, um, is it just your call? I mean, obviously, you bounce things off people that you know and trust, but yeah. ultimately, is it your call on, hey, I really want Dean Wilson and Brock Tickle or, or what? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, um, I have a boss, Phil Davey, who's the director of, uh, of the apparel brands here at the office I'm in, and uh, mm-hmm. he pretty much trusts me and what, what he thinks I, I can do and what okay. I can do for the brand. And, uh, I mean, obviously, he has to sign off on it at the end of the day, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, he, he's, he's letting me do my thing, which is really cool. And, uh, right. What's best for us? So, what do we what do we know about the two seven right now? So it's December fourteenth. He texted me some stuff <laughs> yesterday that makes me think he's racing, um, but uh, I don't know. December fourteenth. Will Nick Way be an answer gear? Is he? What's he, what are we what are we doing? He's he's racing. Yeah, I was trying to uh, okay. meet up with him last week. Um, I've been pretty busy just trying to get some of his photo shoots done and uh, other stuff like that. But uh, uh, he, from what I've heard, he's racing. Okay. Um, so we got now. You have to make a deal for answer. I do need to make a deal with him for answer. Yes, correct. Okay, I kind of like that, and we'll talk more about him later because you yeah. you, you go a hundred years back with Nick Wayne, and I go pretty far. Um, right. But a guy like that, he wore MSR for two thousand. Jeez, I want to say two thousand one years. Okay, uh, no, two thousand four is when he first originally okay. signed with MSR. Right, and and uh, and uh, you, MSR, and even before you were there. Uh, yeah. They did a tremendous job of building him up and branding him as MSR. Now, you yeah. guys have decided, Tucker Rocky, the, the owners of Answer, decided to make MSR more of an off-road brand and devote Answer to motocross and supercross and everything else. So you right. took him out of MSR and put him in Answer, which yeah. which is fine, except like that's almost one guy that should have maybe stayed MSR. Just that decision was probably tough for everybody, right? It was for sure, you know. I mean, he had been MSR for so long. Um, I think all of us thought last year was, or this this year that we're in right now, was going to be his last year of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, when when he came to me at the end of '14, and that whole process of MSR going right. back to its roots of off road, it just it wasn't even an option. Honestly, it was okay. if he's right. going to wear one of the brands, it's answer. Okay, yeah. So that that was it. Um, that was it. He's done a tremendous job for for you guys for MSR. I mean, Definitely. for answer. Uh, that's if you look, you can go and get a Roxon or a Dungey, and correct me if I'm wrong, but those guys are probably in the two million dollar range for gear. Would you say? Uh, I wouldn't think it's that high, okay. but I bet you they're they're up there. One and a half for sure. Uh, no boots and everything. I, I, I mean, be honest, I think a lot of those big money gear deals have come and gone. Yeah, but dude, they're in boots and helmet and everything. You know? Yeah, you're right. I bet. Yeah, you're yeah. you're right. I so mean, they're they're head to toe minus goggles. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's probably up there. I'd imagine. But okay. So anyway, so the point I'm getting at is you can write that check and have those guys, and get them. You know, get your gear in front of everybody. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yep. But if you're not gonna do that, yeah. The Nick Way era is mm-hmm. on and off the track. And again, you and I are both biased, so we need to get that out yep. there. But <laughs> but you know, but for reals. That's what you want in a guy if you're not going to be on a podium, right? Is yeah. that not everything? And look, 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 right now his results aren't what they used to be. He's at the end yep. of his career. But I'm talking as a body of work as a whole. That's what you want in a rider. No, for sure. And Nick, Nick's been great at that. You know, like I worked at MSR for, for eight years prior to coming over to answer. And, I mean, anything that we asked him to do as far as, you know, going to a dealership or whatever we needed him to do, the guy was awesome. He would do it for us. Um, anything we need tested, he would do it for you. There's a few riders out there nowadays, and I'm obviously not saying any names, but that are difficult to work with. Um, you know, they don't want to participate. You know, they just want their check and they want to race on the weekends, which which I get a little bit too. Yeah, but you it's know, I mean, we're not now, signing yeah. them just to go on the track. We need them to do other stuff too. So yeah, Nick's been awesome with that. Um, when you talk and, about like the results and the dealing with the fans and dealing with the dealers and coming up to things that you need your gear company for, and if you're not going to win, then yep. you should be like Nick Way. No, I agree. And I, you know, even it was when he, when I was at MSR and we had Kevin Windham. I mean, he was the same way. He was awesome, dude. Fans loved him. Mm-hmm. Dealer, you know, we go into a dealership. He was, you know, intelligent. He spoke with everybody, and he was a good dude. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, so answer, you had Jeremy Martin, Cooper Webb, the star team, and you, you killed it last year. Yep. Uh, this year they switched to Thor, and like you said, you lost them, so you got a forfeit. You devoted some more resources and signage to the 450 guys. But how does that work? And without naming, I don't need any numbers or anything like that, but yep. how does that process work? Like you, you had a first right of refusal like everybody does in the industry, and yep. was it just a sense of like, hey, these dollars aren't making sense? Let's devote. Um, let's go in another direction. Or is it a case of, hey, look, these guys are great, but we are only getting them for half the season. Right. Let's go four fifties. Um, what yeah. kind of process goes into first getting a team like that, and then and then deciding not to match and going in a different direction? Um, that deal was a, it was a little different. I mean, we had them. Um, the deal it was originally it was an MSR deal, and then when we made that transition. It went over to Answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a two year deal that was up this year. Um, you know, a competing brand came in very, very early off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking, you know, months and months ago. Right. And uh, I didn't necessarily have my budget set for next season. Uh, the number was quite a bit higher than what we were pay- paying them. Okay. Which, I mean, they, they deserve it. I mean, they've been having some great years the last couple of years, you yeah. know. And no, they have. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the fact that we couldn't really match it. Timing was a little bit of an issue on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I wish those guys the best of luck. We had a great year with them. Um, you know, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest and say they lose Jeremy Martin and Cooper Webb next year. Yeah. They get them for one year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, do you continue to keep paying them at a huge amount when those two are gone? No, that's so, yeah, true. Uh, there was a lot of things that factored into it, but uh, like I said, we're, uh, we're moving on it's, and we've gone a different direction and getting some more 450 guys, and I'm really excited about it. It's a crazy year. Like, we didn't see a lot of riders switching teams, RJV, but we saw – Thor leave Pro Circuit. That's incredible. Thor picks yeah. up Star. You guys leave Star. Uh, I'm probably gonna be missing a couple of things that people jumped around. Like there was some, there was some movement in gear. Like Pro Circuit switching off Thor for whatever that was, reason. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I think she's was that been a 15 year relationship. Oh, I don't dude, know. I exactly. don't even know. It yeah, like it's been forever. Right. It's at least been yeah. since uh, 99. I think. So yeah, yeah, fifteen yeah. years or whatever. Um, quite some time. So yeah, it's so it's one of those things. Yeah, okay, I see. You know, it's um, it's a massive shell game too, isn't it? Like, where you're like, hey, you know, we have this much money, we have it right now. We're kind of holding out to see what happens with this guy and this team and all everybody. All the gear companies are doing this, and uh, then yeah. the music stops, and you're like, okay, this is what I got. And you got to think ahead too. You know, I mean, that was right. another deal with the star deal. I mean, it's a. Uh, they were looking for a multi-year deal, yeah. And it was me deciding on if I wanted to have that much money tied up mm-hmm. in that in that team over the next few years. And you know, at the end of the day, it just didn't seem like the best thing for the brand, so we went a different route. So yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I've been involved in a little bit of this because of my goggle stuff with X Brand. So I the negotiations right, right. and things like that. So right, right. So now here's the point where I just like, what are some of these agents doing? Are they not even agents, Randy? They're just guys. They're guys with flat bills. Like, yeah, no, I know. What's, I know. What? Like, <laughs> do you just sometimes shake your head? And again, we don't need to name any names and blow people out on this no, podcast or nothing. Yeah. But good God, there's some guys that come in, and you're just like, "Are you high or drunk right now?" Yeah, no, I get, I do get those calls, and they say we won't mention any names. But I mean, there is some good agents. Oh, of that course, are out yeah, there. Dude, yeah. No, no, no doubt about that. Uh, then you got guys that think they're agents and just ask for crazy prices, and you basically just tell them, you know, I'm not interested at the end of the day. I try to be as nice as you can, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, see, I do have a relationship with some of them, and, yeah. and you can shoot the shit back and forth with them, which is usually pretty entertaining. So. Yeah, no, there's guys like Steve Aldaco. He's, like, really a lawyer. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, yeah. And, yes, he's a good dude. And he's a good dude. He knows what he's talking about. Yes, he yeah. shoots high, but that's an agent's job. There's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. Tony Gardia, another guy. But there are some guys that are so out to lunch. You're just like, I can't even start with you right now because I'm going to half that right now. I will half that. Yeah. And that's maybe what I want to pay, you know? Yeah. And again, yeah. like, you know, we had a guy dealing with the goggles. He shot us a number and said he has a, an offer from this company X for this amount. Yeah. Now, Well, you know the majority of the time they're lying on that. Well, okay. But then yeah. I called the company X guy that who I'm yeah. good friends with, yeah, and said, "Did you really pay X amount?" And yeah. he laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> and like I get it, like an agent has, to, but don't lie. Yeah, don't, no, don't I know. lie. Just say we've discussed this. This is what we're looking for. Don't say we have an offer. No, yeah. you don't. No. <laughs> I, I've been down that road multiple times, dude. Why? I, yeah. You know, and then and then you get the whole thing with the the, the agent saying the agent needs the. Team, uh, to get the money, but the 
but he can't. He doesn't have a commitment from the team yet, so he's trying to like do both at the same time. Like, right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's going to be on this team, so we want this amount of money. And you're like, okay, is he signed? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be. And you're just like, no, he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. This industry is so small. Everybody Dude, knows right? everybody. You, yeah. can't, you can't get away with the the lies and tales all the time. Hey, who do you think? Who do you think sells gear in this? I mean, obviously, look, your, your deal is to market and brand and get the word answer without yep. the W and the E. Get it in front of everybody you can. And We'll talk about that later. Yeah, man. no, I'm going to bring it up shortly. But, I'm sure you will. Like, what kind of stuff, in your opinion, and that's what we talked about Nick Way. Like, I think maybe not now, but in Nick Way's heyday, he sold MSR. Like, he sold it. And yep. some guys that you just write a check to, Maybe don't sell gear, and, and they're your highest paid athletes. It's one of those things, like, who actually moves gear, do you feel like? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's really no way right. to tell or read that if a rider's actually selling you gear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's the same with even on, in advertising, you know? Like, is it is it better to advertise in magazines, or is it better to advertise online? No, you know, there's so much ways to go about it. I think... Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, you look at do they have a good fan base? Are they liked at the races? You know, is there a long line of, of, of autographs at their truck? I mean, there's a lot of different things you can look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there is guys that that hey, it's, I, it's I mean, hard I'm for you. I'm trying not to sign guys that that just are wearing the gear, collecting a check, and not doing else for the brand. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, all of my guys are cool. Like, I mean, I had like Dean and Will were obviously had a rough year last year. They were both hurt mm-hmm. um, a little bit of the year. I'm sorry, this year, and uh, they were both. They were both cool, man. They, if yep. whatever I needed to have them, them show up at, they would show up at. Um, they were they were definitely uh, you know mm-hmm. doing their thing while they were hurt. So, hey, what, when are you getting me my gear for my secret guy that's riding like that project bike? What's you happening know, when, with that? You, you, you've been talking about it for eight months, and you keep well, telling me the bike's not done. <laughs> Pro Circuit had the bike for eight weeks. It's done now, though. It's finally done. <laughs> it's done. We got to get on that. So we got to okay. get that happening. Okay, we'll it's that. rolling. Gonna make it it's work. Gonna, it's gonna look good too. Um, yeah, no, let's get it going. So uh, okay. one of the things I complain about Answer With, and I've done on the Pulp Show, and I'm doing it now. Now, it wasn't your decision. It was a guy b- before you, Dave Gasellan, mm-hmm. who I know and is a friend with and everything else, and I've said the same mm-hmm. thing to him. He's just not on the other line right now. Dave, <laughs> Dave thought it would be cool, and again, I'm 41 years old, so I'm not exactly on the tip of the marketing spear. I wear cargos and flip-flops a lot of times. but Yeah, but you look solid. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Randy. Yeah. Um, but, like... Why drop the W and the E from Answer? It's such an iconic brand. Like, seriously, when you look at brands, Thor, Fox, JT, Answer, you guys have been there forever. And you got Johnny O'Mara and Eddie Cole back in the day. And Answer's, you know, all the Mickey Diamond and all these great riders. Mike Krodowski won a bunch of races in Answer. Why would you drop the W and the E? We want the Wii. Put it back in. Why are you asking me this? I didn't do it. <laughs> I know, but you're the only one on the phone that I could yell at right now. I just, I don't know you're, what you're doing. Hey, you're not the only one. There's some other guys that get crazy on that, too. Um, you know, right now, I mean, the, the, the answer, the ANSR, it's it's working well. It works well to gear. Um, I honestly think there's been a lot of different logo and icon changes with the answer over the last few years. I'm trying to stick with one and move, you know, move mm-hmm. forward with that. I'm not saying the W and the E ain't coming back because there's a few stu- a few things that we're working on right now that you're probably going to see it on. Oh, sweet! But okay. uh, it's it's just tough to keep changing logos, and I mean, it's it's not just changing a logo and slapping on the gear. There's so many other parts that are involved with it too, you know. So yeah, no, you're, you're dealing uh, you're dealing a year out. You're already on to 20, yeah. 2017 stuff, right? I mean, really. right? Yeah. 2017 is already done. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just nuts, right? Sometimes you're like yeah. trying to think to yourself, okay, what am I dealing? What am I doing with again? So right. So, no, um, but uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, like I said, it wasn't my deal. Um, you give me shit about it all the time. Uh-huh. I know that, and you're not you're not the only one. Yeah, I, I just so, uh, because only because answer has been around forever and has a history. I mean, you guys have okay. history. You know, so. 40 years this year coming up. Yeah. See. Right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um. Yep. Hey, how how um. I know, like one of the things, one of the reasons uh, Geico Honda left uh, Fox and uh, and went to Alias was they they just battled Fox over placement of logos. They want the Geico there. They didn't want the giant Fox head there. But Fox head was like, hey, bro, we paid you a lot of money. We want the Fox head there. And yeah. you know, when I worked at Yamaha, blue, 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 right, which didn't make a lot of companies happy. Yep. Um, how much do you battle? And I know JT's told me some stuff with Fly and Honda and yep. specific things and like TLDs, a clothing. The official casual wear of yep. Honda, so TLD goes on this stuff. And, anyways, how much do you battle with those teams and stuff, and trying to make sure Answer 
is, you know, getting all the recognition that you deserve for writing that check to these riders and, and making sure that they're happy. Is that kind of like a daily battle for you? It is. I mean, especially right now, going into a new season with new riders, um, it, it is tough. I mean, these teams want so many logos on the jersey. They need to be certain sizes, certain places. And, you know, in a lot of my contracts, it says that, you know, answer has to be the prominent logo on the gear and that right. we'll, we'll work around, you know, sponsorship logos around our logo. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you do have to kind of alter the jersey a little bit. I'll be honest, we've had to do it. Um, you know, with Dean, he's, he needs that, you know, huge Red Bull logo on the front, and sometimes yeah. it covers up our logo, so we'll move it a little bit. But I don't like doing that because I, I want our guys to wear what we sell. Absolutely, you know? I mean, yeah. Just because it has logos on it doesn't mean it's, it's different. So um, it's tough, you know. I mean, we, we battle on it a lot. But uh, it's, at the end it's, of the uh, day, it's yeah. just, yeah, the Honda thing, too, with the Troy Lee, you know, gear, I've gone through that before. You know, and I had Wyndham back at MSR. Um, yeah. I think they had, you know, the Alias logo on their gear, on their team gear. And they were cool to work with, though. They took the Alias logo off for us on Wyndham stuff, and it worked out really well. So, I mean, as long as you're cool and work with them, they'll usually yeah. help you out a little bit, you know? But, hey, this is a thing behind the scenes that is big. Battle. Like, battles. It, it, it battles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, you, I'm sure JT's filled you in on a few yeah. things. It, it's tough. You know, especially, like, Factory Honda. They have that huge Honda wing that goes in the center of the chest. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean... It looks like a Honda jersey. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, <laughs> no, for sure. And uh, it's uh, it's one of the things that people don't think about, but goes on behind the scenes with all you guys and all the all the teams and all the iron-ons and the size of the logos and where they go. And what yeah. does a rider own? You know, does he own any part of it? That type of deal. We don't. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll allow um, a couple like personal sponsors to be put on a jersey. You know, if it's like a goggle company that they want a small, but they're mm-hmm. all limited sizes. I mean, I'm not going to throw a huge you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> logo on there, but we'll allow a couple, you know, and it, if it fits, if it doesn't fit, then no, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had, I've had a, uh, I mean, not to throw any names out, but there's a boot company that also makes gear, you know, and mm-hmm. I've had agents ask if we could put that logo on the gear and absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. putting anyone's logo that, you know, is directly yeah. of ours. So yeah, it's a battle. You're yeah. Right, 100%. No, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy what it go, what goes on. People don't realize behind the scenes or whatever, you know, and then talk about agents. I had a, I had a company come to me and ask me what I thought a certain rider's chin bar was worth. Like he wanted to buy the chin bar on the helmet. Right. Yeah. And I, and I told him, I said, well, yeah. I think it's worth about 40 grand for this guy or whatever. And yeah. then uh, I talked to um, somebody from the team and they're like, yeah, he doesn't even own the chin bar. We do. We own the chin bar. And I'm just like, what's this guy talking about? Just like, oh, my God, these guys. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Um, hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your career in the sport, a privateer guy from uh-huh. Michigan. Um, now, you're a solid guy. More, I think, And correct me if I'm wrong, you were better outdoors than indoors, I think, through correct. your career. And I also yeah. think, correct me if I'm wrong, your family and you, or just you, never had a lot of like money behind your career. Like you, no, seem to try to make it worth with just you know like a real low budget privateer guy. Is that I, yeah, for sure, man? I mean, I didn't. My family didn't have uh, a whole lot of money. I mean, they they definitely helped me out, right? You know, growing up my amateur career, and that was awesome. You know, I always had what I needed. Um, I was fortunate enough to get some help. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much once I got on the '80s. I um I got some sponsorships and I was getting you know free bikes to use for the year and I was getting gear and stuff like that. I mean nothing compared to what these kids are getting nowadays. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> and so no, I felt I wasn't real wealthy. And then um, unfortunately, uh, my parents got divorced when I was about sixteen, and uh, I was pretty much on my own at that point. I mean not on my own, obviously yeah. I had a roof over my yeah, head. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But we uh, dude, that's I, I got it. I would work. I worked a lot uh, while I was racing during the week. I had a, a buddy of mine. Um, oh, did Mike you really? Keegan, who owns a, you, you, you really motorcycle shop. You really worked. I didn't know that, dude. I worked all the time. Did you really? You had a real job. Yeah. I had a real job. Oh. Yeah, I worked at a, a motorcycle shop, uh, packing boxes and, mm-hmm. and placing orders and doing stuff like that. And he was super flexible on letting me leave early, come in late if I wanted right. to go riding and whatnot. So. But yeah, dude, I had a, I bought a van and I, I cruised the country in my van. I had a, yeah. a couple of buddies that would help me out. My brother helped me out. Your for brother, a yeah, years. yeah, I remember he your brother. Was, uh, yeah, he's he was the maniac mechanic, you know. But, um, uh, and he was going to school, so he was only really available on the weekends to help me. Geez. But uh, it was good, dude. It was, uh, I did what I had to do to get to the races, and I mean, unfortunately, yeah. it could have been a lot easier if I had money, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, really, right? Hey, my yeah. situation too, like nowhere near your level, but. A pretty decent Canadian pro 
you know, whatever, yeah. kind of coming up locally and everything. My parents yeah. got divorced when I was 18, and my yeah. dad was basically like, yeah, I stuck around until you're 18. I never really liked your mom too much, and <laughs> you're 18, so I'm out later. <laughs> Seriously, and I'm like, okay, well, what about racing? Yeah, I'm kind of done with that. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out on your own. Yeah, I'm like, well, I guess my career of being Rollerball Peterson is over because, uh, you know, I need money. <laughs> So exactly. Um, you you aren't making much money as a privateer. Let's let's not let's be honest. Oh, uh, you mean one time you have Supercross didn't pay much? No, I mean yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. I was wondered why. I guess because you had a job and you needed money, but like guys like you, or even like Kyle Cunningham, yeah. or uh, I tell Kyle Cunningham this. I've told a few guys this over the. Just go to big bikes. The money's yeah. even in the LCQ. If you don't make uh, the main event, the money's way 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 better. Yeah, I think uh, what if you get third in the or what is it? They take four now, so yeah, fifth yeah. in the LCQ is like as much as like third in the main. I think it's and fifth. Then, I think it's fifth in the main. Fifth? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So why not, right? Like why not jump yeah. up? Yeah. Um, hey, when you were growing up in Michigan, obviously, um, are you same age as Nick or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're riding with Nick Way. Is yep. Stanton your hero, or is that even before your time? Uh no. I mean, he was. He's definitely one of the um, the main Michigan guys that I looked up to for sure. When and, you were uh, when you were little, would he show up as a factory dude at races or whatever? You know, you didn't really see too much of him at, at amateur races okay. around Michigan. Yeah, yeah, no, I he wasn't I, I didn't around. Know. I, he might have been a little bit past when I was there. Like when I was growing up on little bikes, like Swink was huge. Um, I don't know if you remember Eric McClare. Yeah, he was Eric like McClare, Marley, yeah. John yeah. Kitch. What about the Bowen was before your time, right? Wait, before Bowen was before my time, also, yeah. Dude, what a history of Michigan motocross, though, like for reals. Wow, yeah. right? Been some good guys out of there. Eddie Warren, another guy. Eddie, Eddie Warren was good. Um, so it's yourself. It's yourself. It's Nick Way. Yep. Uh, I'm missing a guy. Who else was Maximoff? No. Maximoff was a little bit older than I was. Okay. He was uh, more my brother's age. I raced um, Maximoff in Canada. He came up to race. The Canadian Loretta Lynn's thing we had uh, amateur championships, yeah. Yeah. and he smoked me bad. Maximum, he he was good as an amateur. He was right. God, he was fast. <laughs> he was on a YZ80, and it was like see ya later. Yeah, yeah he, you know? he was good. He unfortunately didn't get to. Uh, didn't, nothing really happened for him in the pros. Right. I don't even know. I think he rode like one year or something. But yeah, um, yeah. Matt Crown. Matt Crown's a little bit older. Yeah, he's older, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, He's older. But, He's dude, older. Th- this is like, people don't understand, like, this is, Michigan was gnarly. It's always been gnarly. It's just, it has been. It's growing up. It's like just the first spring race at Baja and everything else and, you know, yep. kind of going through spring, it. Um, spring fling series. Hey, I, before we before we did this, I had to double check with you. At mm-hmm. one time, we were on Planet Honda, and I couldn't remember if it was like a full-time ride or a fill-in. But what happened? How'd you get the deal? It was a fill-in deal. I was riding Hondas, just privateer Hondas, that um, I believe, God, I have to remember exactly how it worked. I believe Chuck from Planet Honda had given me a bike, and I was just out of my van doing my own thing. Okay. And I can't remember who got hurt on the team, but um, I got to uh, know some of the guys. That was when it was all the Aussie mechanics, and yeah, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was over there. Jimmy, Kibby, yeah, might be missing uh, somebody. Andrew, there was a bunch yeah. of them, yeah. Right. And... Uh, yeah, they uh, they gave me. A, I think it was the first road I, race I rode for him was at Unadilla in two thousand one. Okay, I believe is what it was. Yeah, and then I actually I finished out the season uh, on their bike there, and uh, it was cool. I mean, I always just finished right around that top twenty mark. <laughs> yeah. um, was Craig the manager then or no? Oh, who was? No, no. Oh, you could have had some stories then. Yeah, <laughs> could have been good. <laughs> could have been good. Um. So. Yeah, no, so those Aussie guys were awesome. They helped me out. Right. Um, you know, Kibby was back then. It, it was a cool deal. You know, I had never really been a part of any type of team. Yeah. I had been on my out of my van for the last three years. So just to, you know, have mm-hmm. an air conditioned truck to go into when it was hot at the nationals was nice. Yeah. You know, but uh, it was good. Um, I also too that was a CR125, right? Yes, it was. They were slow. They were pretty slow. Because <laughs> I worked at they FMF. Were so, they were so slow. I worked at FMF in '98, and like. Yeah. Oh my God, the guys were really bad. They were bad, and they didn't yeah. get much better later on. I think the aluminum frame kind of hurt the air box a little bit, hurt the air boot, and, <laughs> yeah. and like none of that worked. They just didn't get good horsepower out of those things. So. No, they were slow. They were slow. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the single best race you had as a pro? Is there one that stands out? Um, yeah, I would have to. Say, I think it was O two at Millville. Okay. 
I started on the all. I got uh, my practice bike. I think or my bike blew up in on Saturday. That's when I still did Saturday qualifying. Uh huh. So I think my bike blew up. My brother got it back together before the last chance qualifier on Saturday. Um, I think I don't know how I did that. I made it obviously Sunday. We had more bike problems in the morning. <laughs> I ended up getting a horrible gate pick. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. It was probably like 38th or something like that. And I started all the way on the outside at Millville. And they didn't they didn't disc up the far left side. Oh, nice. And I came out of the gate and got on the hard pack, and I hole shot it and pretty much shit my pants. <laughs> I had never been in that position before. <laughs> and it was, I came around the first corner. I think it was like Brock Sellers or something was right there, too. And But uh, it was good. I actually didn't get real nervous, and I, I yeah. held in there for a while. I think the first lap came around like fourth. Uh-huh. And uh, I was top ten for the majority of the race, and then uh, like I said, I, I I'll be honest, I probably wasn't in the best of shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, with a few laps left to go, I had a freight train behind me, and we got back into the uh, the whoops back there, and that's when they were huge, and you doubled through them. Right. And I messed up going to the first one. I swore like eight people passed me <laughs> in one in one straightaway, and I was I was so pissed. And then yeah. I think my seat fell off in the last lap. So that was cool because I was really tired and couldn't sit down. Right, and right. Uh, I want to say I think I ended up like fifteenth or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. Which that was is good. Yeah, no, that's that's probably that's got to be when you think about a whole shotting a national, right? And then just coming around. That's pretty yeah, sweet. It, it, it was awesome. Yeah, and Did, that's when they had the, the privateer award. So I got a, I think I was second privateer to Larry Ward or something. Yeah, like that. and then. Uh, to Millville on the outside, you're pretty much wide open in fourth, right there. Oh, we never let off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, how'd you ever do at Redbud? How was it like racing at Redbud, family, friends, and all that kind of stuff? Redbud was cool. You know, it was fun to to race there just because, like I said, I knew so many people there. A lot of my friends from when you know high school would come out that I grew up with and, and cheer me on, which was cool. Um, mm-hmm. Said I never. I mean, I wasn't in the top ten, so I mean, it wasn't that great. But at least I had some <laughs> fans cheering me on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny though, like now you're in your position now, like yeah, okay, so you were never a superstar of the sport, but you were still a solid privateer guy that could finish motos, make main events in Supercross, yeah. and so I mean, in a way, you know, these agents or whoever the riders that are talking to you're like, come on, dude, like look, I know, I know what it's like, like yeah, yeah. I'm not a superstar, but I can <laughs> safely say I competed with on your level, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And then you hear the number they're asking for, you're like, God, if I could have made that money back in the day, I'd have been stoked. <laughs> right. When you, what what happened to make you quit racing? Like, what, what was the deal? Did something happen? Uh, or I don't remember. Yeah, I, I quit in um, at Bud's Creek in 2005. Um, I was actually had in the, I rode for, uh, for, what team did I ride for in 05 in Supercross? The motorsport team. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, in Supercross, go to the East Coast Supercross and those guys. That was cool. Was that um, they Mark, helped me was out that, a lot. It was that Mark Johnson? A, Mark Johnson was that was Mark Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, and uh, Bill Tanner. Mm, yeah, yeah, Bill Tanner, Blackfoot, yeah. Blackfoot Honda. Yeah. So he was uh, he was there was a team manager and uh, I rode Supercross and then that was it. That was my deal was only for a Supercross deal only because mm-hmm. I think I was like the fifth guy and they only wanted four guys for outdoors. So uh, I quit there and then. Um, the Butler brothers helped me out to, uh, for the outdoors oh, starting on the East Coast. I didn't come to the to the West Coast races because yeah, I really yeah. couldn't afford it. Yeah. So um, Forrest and those guys helped me out. They got me a bike, and I think I started at Southwick with those guys. And then uh, the second race at Bud's Creek, I, I crashed in the first turn in the second moto, and I broke my arm really bad. Oh, really? And I uh, pretty much just called it quits. I was done being hurt. I wasn't making hardly any money. And yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, there's a time. Yeah, really, right? When you're just like, hey, wait a minute, it's over. Um, yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah, let's start, let's take a commercial break here on the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX uh, podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech and save yourself money at uh, Racetech Suspension. Use the code PulpMX2015 to save money. And Michelin Starcross 5, brand new tire out. Uh, you used Michelins, I think, didn't you? Yeah, when I was at Blackfoot. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we're gonna get yeah. into Blackfoot issue. We're gonna get into the Blackfoot career at the end of this. Okay, uh, cool. the, after this commercial break, Michelin Starcross Five, excellent performance over a wider range of conditions and terrain. Twenty one sizes. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Whatever you think of Michelin tires in the past, uh, get that out of your mind because this brand new Starcross Five is the shit. Check it out. Four versions: hard, medium, soft, and sand. We'll be right back here with Answer Brand Manager Randy Vallade. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, and probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben Lim- also, they're back with Ben LeMay, and uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high performance springs. These springs are called high performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is it a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire they cover all the uses key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. BTOsports.com, Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. We didn't really go anywhere, Randy, but everybody thinks we did. So. Yeah, we didn't go. That was quick. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, so one of the things I want to talk to you about was your Canadian experience. And you yep. won the 2001 125 East Coast? Yeah, you're way off, dude. What year? God damn. 2003. 2003. I always get the years mixed up. I've done this before with yep. you. Um, how did that come about? Like, you won it for uh, the Cowie team. Um, no, I won it for Blackfoot. You won it for Blackfoot, then you went to the Cowie team. Uh, nope. You're wrong again. I thought there was some controversy Dude, with you're you. You're blowing it today. Uh, I, I should have done more research on the. There's not a lot of Canadian motocross history notes on the internet. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, okay, so 2003, how'd you yeah. get the ride with Blackfoot? How'd you even figure that out to even go up there and, and start racing? Um, I'm not sure if you know who uh, Todd Cooley is. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> so he was a friend of mine. I had known him for a while, and, but just and he kind of got just from racing in Michigan or whatever. Yeah, just okay. from, yeah. I just had known him from around there, there, and uh, he had made a call over to those guys and got me in contact with them. And uh, I went up there and basically just went there, and I was I signed a deal and was going to ride for him for the East Coast Super for East Coast uh, Nationals. Okay, so they didn't try you out or nothing like that. No, I don't know that I remember. I don't okay. think so. I was just yeah, right. Yeah, it was. It was um, yeah. So you went up there um, and came down to a dramatic last race. I remember it that. Did. Uh, did. Derek Fisher? Derek Fisher is who I was barely yeah. in the show for. Derek yeah, Derek Fisher from uh, Canadian, but somehow living in Georgia or something. I don't really know the kid's story. 
But yeah, he yeah exactly. He's from Canada, and I think he was he had moved to to Georgia or something. And, yeah. yeah. So did yeah. you? Obviously, look, you went up there. They hired you to win the title. You went up yep. there expecting to win the title. But how was the season up until then? Like, uh, how was it going? What 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 was the sort of the drama behind the the season? The season. It was pretty. It was pretty good. Um, I had gone up there and I had tested the bike uh, in in Calgary for uh, for like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, got everything pretty much how I wanted it, and then uh, I went back up there. I want to say just a little bit, like a couple weeks later, we did a photo shoot, and then. Um, I didn't even really see the guys until I mean I had a bike at home obviously that I was riding that they had they had yep. given me. Yep. But I didn't see the team for probably I don't know 5 weeks or something like that and then we <laughs> showed up at the first race and uh it was good the bike was was working I mean I was riding a Honda 125. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the you know the first year of uh of four strokes for some of the other brands. I think it was the first two the YZ 250F I think was new. Yeah. Yeah that that would have came out in like 01. Oh, oh, yeah. whatever. I'm a little, yeah. little off. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I was running two strokes against some four strokes, which obviously we all know is a disadvantage in power. But hey, at that time we didn't really think it was that bad, did we? We didn't. We didn't. And that, yeah. And I don't think it was that far off, honestly. I think mm-hmm. the the four strokes have gotten a lot better yeah. in the last few years. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so no, each race yeah. good. I think I, uh, I I was I was podium every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I went like three, two, one. And then I can't remember the fourth race and the fifth race. It's only a five race series. Yep. So and then yeah, the fifth race came down to um, Ryan Sipes was in the mix there for uh, the first few weeks, and then I think at round four he had a he had crashed and knocked himself out and pretty much took himself out of the championship hunt too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it came down to me and, and and Fisher, and I remember the first moto. I think he got the whole shot. Where was the last round? At Walton. Walton. Okay. And uh, I was behind him, and I was in second, and I'm like, this is fine. I think I had like an 8-point or 10-point yeah, yeah. lead or something like that, so I wasn't worrying about him beating me in that moto. And uh, there was a bunch of drama afterwards. We hit, we both hit that big double they have come. Yeah, the point, natural double, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. natural yeah. double. And supposedly there was a flagman stand in the woods with his flag out, and <laughs> nobody saw him, but I got docked for it. So um, Wait, and he didn't? I, and he didn't? He, Oh, oh no, no! Just the it was me and uh, like one other American who got docked. <laughs> so I'm not saying that that's how. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, but it was kind of weird. Yeah. And uh, so I think I got docked like three or four spots. Mm-hmm. So then it was down to like I think I had three <laughs> points going into the last race. Okay, yeah, yeah. Points. And uh, I was a complete beginner rider off the gate, like bogged off the gate, last place start you know, shitting my pants, right. just going for broke. And uh, I got behind, I can't remember who I got behind on the last lap, but I knew I had to pass him because Fisher was one spot in front of me. And if I knew, okay. so I was one behind him, I win. Okay. And uh, I literally passed the kid. It was like a photo finish at the on the last lap. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, I got it. I remember the photo, like you went outside or inside and the other guy was way on the outside of the turn, however it was. And I like, squared him up or something. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a photo. Yeah, RacerX Canada had it, I think, or something. And it was, yeah, a, yeah so that's how you got it right there. That, that's how I got it. That's Did you make a lot of money it. for that? Did they pay you good bonuses? <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, what? not really. No, I don't know. I mean, maybe the team paid you bonuses. I know, I know the purse money wasn't good or anything, but yeah, the purse money wasn't good. Um, I basically just did the deal for uh, for travel expenses and bonuses only. I wasn't getting paid by the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can't remember. I think the bo- it was like was it like three grand or four grand Canadian per win or something okay. like that? So no, it's it yeah. wasn't that big. The right. championship I believe I think was like ten or fifteen grand, you know, Canadian. That's when the Canadian dollar was a lot less than the US dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Although and, it's it's uh, probably right back to that level right now. It's been it's been pretty poor lately. But yeah. um so you um in the next year you broke your wrist, right? Coming back in to defend it? Yeah, so I I was trying to do a deal with with Blackfoot again for uh, 2004. Okay, and so I'm right. You did you did switch teams with the number yeah, one play. I, I, I switched teams. Yeah, so they uh, forget was it Jason that was running the team at the time. They they basically wanted to just give me the same deal they had offered me the year prior, and I was like, well, I mean, I kind of <laughs> did what you guys wanted me to do and win yeah, the title. I got this number one you know, plate, right? Yeah, I'm not I'm not asking for much. I don't know five grand or something like that, ten yeah, grand. Maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but they weren't willing to really budge on it, and they wanted to uh, to keep me what I did the year before. And I I talked to um, uh, Ranger was his name over at the yeah, Rick, Suzuki team, Rick, Rick Rudenberg, Rick Rudenberg, yeah. yes. And uh, I like Rick; he's a good dude. Ranger, yeah. So he I ended up getting a deal with them, and I rode a uh, Suzuki uh, 250F, and uh, which again was the... absolutely horrible. 
Oh my god, was it bad? <laughs> was it? Bad? This was the Cowie Suzuki shared machine. Yeah, that was the yeah, yeah. The shared exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you so. broke your wrist. Right, I remember. I, yeah, I did. I rode a local race in Michigan. I want to say in like early June or something, and I had crashed, and I I broke both my wrists actually, but I broke one of them really bad. Okay, and uh, I had I think I had six weeks before the first race or five weeks before the first race, and the the one the uh, the right wrist was fine. I, that one was healed, and I was good with that one. But the left one, I broke my navicular, and I had to have a screw put in it and, and pins and all that. So. I showed up the first race and I hadn't, I had ridden one time before that and in, you know, in the yeah. six weeks yeah, yeah. and it was, it was a disaster, a complete disaster. Was this so silver? I couldn't hang on. It, it sucked. Was this silver bullet gear? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Silver bullet, uh, Morgan racing, silver bullet guys. Yeah. Um, yep. so yeah, I kind of, I remember like just from memory, it, it didn't go well. Wrist broken. Did you even yeah. finish the series? I don't think you did. Did no, you? I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, did? I okay. actually got better as the series went on, but I mean, it, yeah. it, I mean, I don't know what you want to consider better. You know, right, I think right, I, right. at the last round, I think I got fifth overall or something. Right. But so. still, hey, number one played in Canada, bro. Yeah, it was fun. No, it was yeah, fun. it's yeah. a it's a place where you know, like I think people are more and more finding the Canadian motocross, and they're finding it, you know, fun. So it, it is fun. You know, I had a great time up there. The the series is cool. Um, I mean, obviously they're not getting the spectators that we do down here, but I mean. Yeah. A lot of the guys are going up there now. The, the tr- there's some cool tracks. I mean, there's some shitty tracks too, but yeah, yeah. Um, Did, yeah it was you, fun. I had a good time. You must have felt at home at Gopher. That's a that's about yeah, home. yeah. Well, we we never raced there. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, oh shit. We didn't race at that uh, one. Who knew? Um, yeah. hey, when did you first meet Nick Way? Oh, I think I was probably six. So 1986. Oh, so did you race Pontiac Silverdome with him? Like when he was on a P-Dub? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's got that photo of him and Wardy. When, when he had the open face helmet on. <laughs> yeah. 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 I raced that same race. Uh, uh, classic. So yeah. growing up with Nick, mm-hmm. was he always faster? Always a guy that you, I mean, cause I, I heard about Nick way, you know, when he was on eighties, like team green yeah. guy, you know, yeah. was he always going to be special? You know, always a little bit faster than you, all, no matter all the, no matter how old you guys were or what classes you were in. He was, you know, I mean, he he was always a little bit faster than me, which fuck, pissed me off so bad. <laughs> but and I had to race him every weekend, day and day, you know, and it was yeah. just like, yeah. man, I think there was like one year uh, we just gotten on eighties or I was I don't know thirteen or fourteen or something, and mm-hmm. I came out in the spring, you know, we had a spring series, right? And I'm like, I'm gonna beat this dude this year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just going for it, and I was riding good, and I think I was, I don't know if I was beating him, but was, we were right there, and I ended up getting hurt, and then, honestly, ever since that point, like, I just never could beat him. Yeah. Just like, he, he was always faster than me. Right. He, like, you know, so, but it was cool, dude. I mean, we, yeah, you guys always, matter. I mean, yeah, you guys we always still, got along? Yeah, it was like, kid's like my best friend, you know, I've known right. him forever. Um, we still rode every day together, and it was cool. It was good to ride with him. I mean, obviously, it was making me better. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you ever have a fight with him? Uh, did you guys ever, like ever a fist fight? Nah, just a yelling, anything, any kind of fight. Did anything? I mean, there might have been some name calling <laughs> once in a while, but I, we never had like a blowout or anything like that. Look, I, I know him well. You know him even better. Has yeah. he always been, quote unquote, that way? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's ever yeah. since when he was a kid, when he was twelve years yeah. old. Yeah. He would. He, is. he would be that way. He would. Yeah. yeah. He would uh, work on his bike. Nonstop. Uh, worry about the way his gear looked. Oh my god! Wor- okay, so the whole time, like the he- whole time. I remember going over to his house when I was like twelve, and he was like making these custom stickers for his chest protector and stuff like that. And I was just like, <laughs> "What are you doing, dude?" Okay, but yeah, right. he's always been like that, dude. One time when I worked for him as his mechanic, he got a new yep. helmet from Smoots. Smoots, yep. Smuts, Smoots, uh, Smoots, Smoots. To- we. Two beds in the room. We're laying there watching TV. He put the helmet on top of the TV. We're just watching TV. Every 15 minutes, he got up and turned the helmet and then went back and laid down on the bed. Because he wanted to look at that helmet from every angle. Like, it was like he was doing like a... If he would have had a turntable, that would have been ideal, but he didn't. But he wanted to just look at this helmet every which way, every from every angle. I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's he's different, dude. (laughs) When I first moved out to California, this is a good story. I love telling it. He had this, uh, I had lived with him when I first moved out here, and, and Nicole, his wife, and they had this room in their house that no one ever went into, right? Okay. It was like this living, this like <laughs> dining room area. Yeah, yeah. 
and I had walked through it one day. I don't know why. I just like I think I just wanted to mess the lines up on the carpet or something like that. And dude, he came home. He's like, "Who was walking in that room?" Right to grab the vacuum to make the lines perfect again back in that room. Dude, just like dude, yeah. he's so anal on everything. That pretty much encapsulates him just yeah. perfectly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like all his, you know, let's try this link and this shock. And oh, I love giving him shit about it. But so I'm, I'm glad to know he's always been like that. But then like, yeah. like T-Way doesn't strike me as a guy that cares about sticker placement or helmet paint jobs or anything. No, T-Way just wants that thing to run. <laughs> so where did yeah. he get it from? Where did he get this from? I, I don't know, dude. I really don't right. know. Oh, geez. Did you go to Loretta's with him and stuff and everything has families? Like, yeah, we, uh, I mean, we didn't, obviously we took our own separate motorhomes yeah, yeah, or not, but, but yeah, but we, uh, was, they were the waves were late to everything, dude. <laughs> like I remember, like just I'd be on the line, dude. Honestly, at like some races, and I'm like, yeah, Nick didn't show up this weekend. And then all of a sudden, like he comes ripping up out of the pits, like no practice, just rolls up to the line. And he's like there to race. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Right. Dude, yeah. Can you even calculate how many hours at a racetrack you spent with him? Jeez. Oh my gosh. Right. Years. Yeah. <laughs> years. Yeah. I know. Like when I worked for him in '02, when I first met you, we were Triple X, and yeah. like he he'd like to take care of you as his buddy. Like he, you know, Hey, uh, Randy, you want this tire? You need this. Hey, look, we need to get that for Randy. RJV yeah. needs that. Or like, where are you, where are we riding? Or like, like it was, it's a true friendship. It's, it's really a thing oh, where he's, sure. he's looked after or tried to help you out. And you have to, um, yep. same thing. You know what I mean? The whole time. And I think that's really cool. I just think it's no ego has got involved. No matter how, you know, he's podium for these super crosses. It didn't matter. No, you know, I was stoked for him. I was good. Right. I was glad that he was making it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Obviously, I struggled a lot, a little bit more. Yep. But I mean, at the end of the day, I wouldn't change nothing. I'm stoked for him. I'm stoked for what I do now. Like yep. I'm, I'm in a good spot. So like, yeah, everything worked out. We were still really good friends. I still talk to him pretty much every day, and yeah. it's cool, man. I'm, I'm glad cool. he's. I'm glad he's always been like that, though, Randy. That, yeah. that they didn't yeah. just turn that way. No, dude, it's been a long time. Like that, I can't. I just remember some of the stuff that he'd do, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> You're like, "Come on, bro." Yeah, <laughs> no, he's he's out there for sure. Um, and then so for for you yourself, like, uh, uh, do you have to go to Texas much for where Tucker Rocky is? How does that work for you? I mean, you're you know, like you said, you're a SoCal guy, but yeah, how much is that? How no, much do you have to go out there. Um, not really. I mean, we kind of do our own thing. Um, we have our, our annual sales meeting um, every year. Um, mm-hmm. We have some leadership meetings where I'll go back and and go to those. Um, but the, it's been cool. Like a lot of the a lot of the guys have been coming out here a lot more now. So right, you know, it saves us from having to travel back. We can stay here. But um, like I said, we go probably I don't know three four times a year. I go back to Texas, so it's not it's not too bad. And then, two. Uh, how many races do you go to a year? You're you're lucky. You don't get the. You don't have to like drop the gear off like you used to. I mean, that used to be your gig, right? Like MSR gear guy, right? It did when I first started yeah. in '05. I was gear guy. I did that for yeah. three years, I think. Yeah. So now you yeah. got Jeremy Deegan underneath you, and you're yep. not doing MSR anymore. So it's nice, yeah. right? You don't have to go to every single one of these things. It's awesome, you know. I mean, I have a wife and a couple of kids now, so I can actually stay home and do family things with them, and uh, it's cool. My kids are into, into sports now and stuff, so I can stay home on the weekends do that. I'll probably, on average, I'd probably go to, I don't know, 10 races a year. That's awesome. I wish I could say the same thing. Yeah. I, you, you guys hiring at all? I get out of this media You would thing? probably, get, a lot more people would probably like you if you only went to 10 races a year. <laughs> Right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Maybe maybe less is more with a case like me and not showing right. up. Um, besides Redbud, what's your favorite track? Um, I really liked Millville. Yeah. I had fun there. I liked Southwick, too. I mean, we had a lot of sand tracks back in Michigan, so right. anything that had sand in it was fun. Um, yeah, I would probably say those are a few, a few of my favorite tracks for sure. What was your best bike you ever had? Obviously not your CR125, but was there a, was there a bike that you really liked that you you, you raced? Uh, when I rode for that motorsport team in 2004, I'd say I had that the Honda 250F was probably the best bike that I had ever ridden. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. What's some advice you would give somebody trying to make it in the moto industry now? What's what's oh. advice would you give them? I don't mean as a rider. I mean like as no, one, sure. as a rider. Obviously, if you yeah. Yeah, we all know exactly <laughs> right. Like, well, you know, it, it, it's I, tough, man. There's there's not a whole lot of industry jobs available anymore. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's you know, and for me, I got lucky. I had known you know Nick Way for a long time, and he kind of got me you know in with Dave, and I got this job. But right. um, honestly, you need to be out here if you're looking for an industry job. There's no doubt about that. I yeah. mean, you know, I was in Michigan. I had to pack up and move out, but it's uh, yeah. Like when know. you I, when you got when you okay, you broke your arm. 
right? You're yeah. looking for something to do. Yep. Dave, Nick gets you the job at MSR. I don't know how soon, you know, how soon after your arm broke or whatever, but yeah. were you like, did you not want to move out there? Were you like, all right, I guess I got to go. Did you already have a wife at that point? Like, no, okay. I, um, I had, I had had a girlfriend or whatever at the time and, uh, it was, so I broke my arm in June and uh, I pretty much just didn't do anything for a couple months cause my arm was pretty bad. And right. then, uh, I got a job. I had a buddy of mine who does, has a, uh, dock and boat hoist installation company. Oh, nice. Which is by far the worst job in the entire world. <laughs> it, it sucked, dude. It was miserable. But uh, so I was doing that and um, kind of keeping in contact with Nick. Nick was out here in California and he said, hey, like they might need a, a guy that needs to go to the races because he wanted that. I mean, MSR hadn't had really a, a, a main rider in the in motocross or supercross yet. So mm-hmm. We just got talking with him, and then uh, he put me in contact with Dave, and then Dave got it all pushed through, and then I got a call from Tuckeraki, and they offered me the position. And you were like, and, "All right, uh, SoCal, here I come." He just, literally, I um, I had I was renting a house at the time in Michigan, and I I took a bunch of the stuff I wasn't going to bring with me over to my mom's house and stored it up in her her garage, and then <laughs> packed my van full. I think Nick made me bring a bike out for him too, or something, so I had yeah, even yeah. less room. Right. And. uh yeah, I packed up my van and moved out, and like I said, Nick was my buddy, and he let me live with them for about a year or so, and uh, it was cool, man. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah. I wasn't making much money at first, so it was good right. that I had a place to stay. And Yeah, and actually, and you didn't have to, like, so you broke your arm, you didn't have to, like, go through a few different comebacks and a few failed jobs and this and that before you no. just kind of slipped into something, you know what I mean? Like, no. some guys have trouble with that, like, what am I going to do, right? I, 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 yeah, I think there's a lot of guys like that that probably should quit, but just don't know what they're going to do with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's tough. You know, I mean, I had decided at one point, like it was, I said to myself, I'm done. I'm not going to race anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to keep putting in these shitty docks and boat hoist for a while <laughs> until I can find some. And then this other gig popped up and I'm like, I'm not going back to racing. Like I'm yeah. done. You too. And so. you're in the, and you're in the water and you're building these dock oh, hoists and things. Oh dude. And it's cold and snowy and the water goes in your waders. Don't it? Oh, <laughs> I, don't even want Dude, to think I get that. nightmares of that shit. I know, really, right? Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Uh, Randy Valade, thank you for doing this. See, I told you it wouldn't yeah. hurt that much. It'd be, it'd be a nice stroll down memory lane. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. That's cool. Um, answer Racing brand manager Randy Valade. We're going to get the we back in answer at some point. Yeah, we're working on it. And uh, I will celebrate that. Um, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, we will see you at the races. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks again. All right. Thanks, Steve. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you. All right. Bye. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, 
like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.